All right, we're going to finish this up tonight. So, we want to thank everybody for being here on Wednesday night. We're coming down to the end of the year. Uh, now, uh, Bobby and Caitlin, you don't know this yet. Someone, This is new news. And that is that a couple life groups have decided to keep on going. Okay? So if you guys would like to keep on going, let me know. We would probably want to do yours maybe the, during the week if we can so RJ can be in it. All right, so Mitchell and Caitlin's going to, they're going to continue theirs, and Clark and Susan are going to continue theirs. Okay, so life group's coming up this Sunday for those two groups. You guys think about it, let me know, okay? Probably in? Probably okay. All right, so we'll get, uh, you, you guys figure a schedule out, and we'll get a night, and we'll do that. Uh, so that's coming up. Also, we will not have... Wednesday night service in three weeks. You know what three weeks is? Yeah. Yeah. So instead of having Wednesday night service, we'll have Thursday night, Christmas Eve. All right, we'll have a Christmas Eve service from 4 to 5. So we'll start at 4, and we'll be out by 5. All right? And we'll just cry and have special memories. What's that, Brother Ernie? Oh, Brother Vernie. You, you, you got to take off early, Brother Vernie. Will your boss let you? To, okay. To, everybody pray for Brother Vernie that his boss will let him off. And Frank. Frank needs to get off too. All right. You should. Okay. So there we go. So just mark that down. So Christmas Eve, for those of you who'd like that service, that's a special service. It's really a nice service and everything. Okay, so we're going to, let's, let's look at the front page. Let's look where it says, Sixth Dispensation, Grace, the Church Begins. Okay, that's on page one. This was talking about when the church began. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And that was that the early church was not a Baptist church. It wasn't a Pentecostal church. It wasn't a Presbyterian church. It wasn't Church of Christ. It was the church. And it started in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And so we went through the Old Testament. If so if you want to look there in page 1, uh, we're talking about how the church is also in relation to a marriage. The husband loves his wife as Christ loved the church. And then in Joel chapter 2, 28 through 29, that is the prophecy of the Lord pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Isaiah 28, 10 through 12, in the scriptures here on page 1 of the Amplified, this is the Old Testament uh, prophesying about that the Lord would use a sign of speaking in tongues for the early church. Ezekiel, he said, I will put a new heart and a new spirit in them. Jeremiah said that he would make a new covenant with his people. Acts 2, 38 and 39, we're on page 2. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the promises of, of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is... For you, your children, and to all that are far off. 
So that is the first page of the chart. Flip it over, and we're going to go about what did the church believe? What did that first church preach? Okay, by the way, there is youth this coming Sunday. This is the youth weekend for, for that, so spread the word there. I saw Brother Josh, who is youthful in his heart. He reminded me that youth is this Sunday. The Lord's working on Josh to pick some teams that win. So he got some teams that aren't doing so hot. So it's probably about time to make a change. Turn from your sin, Josh. Make a change. Called repentance. That's what the early church preached. Okay, there we go. So Acts twenty four forty seven, repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name among all nations. Where would it start? In Jerusalem. So it's going to Jerusalem. Acts 3.19, repent therefore and be converted. Acts 5.31, God, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be prince and, save, and a savior for the gift of repentance to Israel and the repentance of sins. How do we repent? We choose to turn from actions that lead to death. Now I don't know. I don't know if this is good soul winning practice. But as time has went on in my life, this is what it's come down to. When people tell me that they want to, they want to change, they want to live for God, they want to be better, they want to do all of this, and I say, you know what? It's your decision. I can't make you do it. Either you will or you won't. And I'll tell you another thing. I have been guilty of this. I wanted to see somebody come into the church so much that I would, I would do all that I could and more, and they wouldn't do anything, you know. They wouldn't do anything. And finally, i got to realize it's their decision, not mine. And until they decide they want it, they ain't going to get it. Amen? Anybody else feel grouchy and mean? Nobody else does. I'm the grouchiest guy in here. All right, that's good then. So it is a choice. How do we repent? We choose to turn from actions that lead to death. And then we surrender our self-rule to the Lord. We call upon the Lord. We confess and forsake our sins. You know, some people want to confess their sins and go right back out and live those sins again. You can't do that. That's not repentance. Repentance is you get out of it and you leave it alone. You don't go back. I posed a question a couple weeks ago when I was preaching that I never got to that sermon, and it was two weeks ago because I remember it came up in life group. And that was in Ezekiel 45, I believe it is, 45.9 or 40, 49.5. That it says, when you come to Jerusalem to worship, you come through the north gate and you leave through the south gate. You don't go back through the same gate. Or if you come through the east gate, you don't leave back through the east gate. You go out a different direction through the west gate. Why is that? I, I want to propose to this fine congregation tonight that 
the Lord doesn't want you to turn around and go back the same way you came and pick up all the stuff you took out of your pockets before you came into worship. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, you know, you're, you're headed toward Jerusalem and you're walking down the path and there's all these shrubs and bushes and you hide a bad attitude in the shrubs. You know, somebody got a crack pipe and they're going to hide their crack pipe in a bush over here. Somebody's going to hide their temper over here. Somebody's going to bury under an oak tree their bad attitude. Somebody's going to hide their fornication or their adultery in the bush somewhere. And they go into worship. Because you know when you go into worship, when you get in the presence of the Lord, you feel like crud if you got all that stuff on you. Amen? Am I right or is it just my crazy experience? I know when I came into the house of the Lord and I had sin in my life, I felt like a slug. I felt like a street urchin. So I had to get rid of all that stuff. Because when, when you come into the presence of the Lord, something holy, he's holy, you've got to become holy. You've got to become separated. And so if I turn around and come back out the same gate, the same gate that I entered, what can I do? I can pick up my crack pot. I can get my fornication and adultery. I can get my bad attitude and carry it right. And I, there's no change. But the Lord said, when you come in the north, you go out the south. You don't go back the same way you came. And so we cannot go back the same way we came. And, the, and repent and believe the gospel was the message of the early church. So we've got to forsake our sins. We've got to promise to love, serve, and obey the Lord. All right. So that's where we stopped last time. Now, let's move on to the right side of that chart. It says in Mark chapter 16, verse 16. I don't think I put these scriptures on there. I don't think I did. Mark 16, 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. That's also found in Acts 8, 35 through 38. That's the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. There. Oh, there they are right there. I guess. Is that what it is? Right there? Yes. Promise to love, serve, and obey. Yeah. Okay. Mark, it's on page, top of page 6. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized. T's done. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Acts 8, 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began to at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus and as they went on their way they came into a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized and Philip said if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and he answered and said I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he commanded the chariot to stand still and they both went down into the water both Philip and the eunuch and he baptized him so that was that one right there. And then Acts 16, uh, 31 through 33. And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping. At some point, you're going to have to have a trust fall in the Lord. Anybody ever do a trust fall? 
Anybody ever do one of those? You know what a trust fall is? What's a trust fall? What's a trust fall, Kirsten? Somebody stands behind you and promises to catch you. <laughs> you better make sure that they're your friend. So you're going to trust, I'm going to trust fall, so they promise to catch you. Has anybody ever done that? Did they, did, how did it work, Sammy? Did they, did, did they, were your friends? Were they your friends? They weren't, were they? They let you go. Macy, how did it do for you? You trusted Marcus. Oh, boy. Okay. So at some point, you're going to have to let the Lord catch you. Somebody was saying, you know, well, I, I, we can do this. Oh, but I don't have the money for that. And we were talking about something, you know, hey, if you can do it and you have the money for it, you don't have to trust the Lord. It's when you want to do something or need to do something and you don't have the resources, that's when you trust the Lord. Otherwise, you're leaning to your own understanding and your own resources. So think of an impossible situation in your life right now. Close your eyes real tight. Picture it. Picture how impossible it is. And guess what? You can't do it, but if you believe the Lord can do it, it can do it for you. Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. And then Acts 18.8. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. So we're talking about repentance. And repentance is leading to baptism here. All right, so let's go on to page 7. What must we believe? What are we supposed to believe here? We're supposed to believe the gospel. To acknowledge and identify with Christ's death, his burial, and resurrection. Romans 1.16, Amplified. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ, for it is God's power working unto salvation for deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 8 and verse 11 says this, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus in baptism, we were joined in his death? So baptism is death here, symbolic of that. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may walk or may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we, also be, we will also be raised to life as he was. So we've talked about his death, his burial, and now being resurrected. Verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ... We were set free from the power of sin. When we surrendered to the Lord, he gave us power over sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. And then verse 11, 
So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. How many of you have had a successful day walking with the Lord? Nobody. All right, let's go. All right. This is why we have a lot of work to do here. Did anybody kill anybody today? No. Did you, were you angry that you wanted to? Not today. All right, let's 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 just back up the last few months. All right. Yeah, you, you just be angry, want to kill somebody, but you didn't, right? So guess what? You're you're overcoming sin. You're overcoming sin. You're overcoming temptations. You're overcoming bad thoughts. You're overcoming bad actions. So you're overcoming. You're living an overcoming life. And that's what we want. You know? This stuff here is foundation stuff. Okay? We come into church, not as much sometimes on a Wednesday night, but a Sunday. And I mean, it's hot. It's, it's moving. It's, it's good. You know? We're all excited. We're seeing everybody. Everybody's worshiping together. And that's all fine and dandy. That's all good. People getting baptized. People getting the Holy Ghost. But it also takes what we have a foundation. And this is foundation stuff that has to be laid. So the early church was and preached and taught and lived the gospel. All right. Romans chapter 10, 9 through 11. If we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now that word believing there does not mean this. I believe. I believe I can have a milkshake. I can have it later at Denny's. Okay? How am I going to believe? I believe I can have the milkshake later at Denny's. How? Because that belief is going to have to make me act. Go get it. Believing here is not just saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, therefore I'm saved. And then you go out and, and live like Herschel Smurf and, and an old sinner. Still. No. Believing here in the Greek means that it produces action. It produces action to repent. It produces action to be buried, baptism. It produces action for resurrection, Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? So it's not just, I'm going to hold out my hand here. I, I'm going to tell you what, something. If I, if I was in here praying by myself, and I said, Lord, I believe I'm going to have a milkshake, I may be here for like weeks. You may come to church and I'll still be standing here waiting, waiting for that milkshake. I mean, yeah, I believe the Lord can just supernaturally plop it in my hand. I believe he can. But if I'm believing that it can happen, I'm going to have to do some action. I'm going to have to become involved in this. And that's what Paul is talking about here, that we get involved with this. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5, you've heard this a million times. Let me now remind you. 
top of page 8. Dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before, you welcomed it then, and you should still stand firm on it. So once you get the gospel in your life, you don't leave it. You stand on it. It's a foundation. Okay? You build your house. You lay the foundation for your house. And what do you do? You continue to live in the house. You don't go out and build another foundation in the yard and say, I think I'm going to build me another house out here in the yard. You're standing in that foundation still. And it's the same way with the gospel. You stand in that foundation there. Stand firm in it. Verse 2. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Now, Paul said in Romans 8 that we just read, or 10, he said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Right? Now he says something else here into the Corinthians. He said, it's the good news that saves you. If you continue to believe the message, I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Verse 3, I passed on to you that was most important and what has also been passed on to me Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he rose from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. That's the gospel. Repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Galatians 2.20 in the New Living, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, so let's move on. we got to go on. So I can get you out of here and get that milkshake. Jesus' blood legally redeemed, redeemed us from sin. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the work of the cross. Hebrews 9, 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. It's eternal redemption for us, brothers and sisters. Eternal redemption forever. It's lasting forever. Amen? It's not stopping. So what we're working for in this temporary life is going to last eternally. 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for, from your vain conversation received by, the tradition, by tradition from your fathers... But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Revelation 5, 9. And they sung, sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, even of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Jesus is the Christ. There is salvation in no other name. Okay? Jesus is the Christ, and there is salvation in no other name. Let's look at that. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written 
that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You might have life through his name. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You've got to have the name on you. Takes the name. Okay? Remember those scriptures. John 20, 31. You, res- you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You know, some people, t- you ever notice some people talk to the Lord, but they never call him by name? You ever notice that? They just keep calling him Father. 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 Well, yeah, they call him Father because Father's the Father. Well, doesn't the Father have a name? Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. John 5, 43. I mean, I'm not going to ask, you know, I mean, what people may call some of you. Some of you probably don't want to tell us what they, people called you by. Well, what are you saying? I'm saying, call him by his name. The name of the Father is Jesus, John 5, 43. The name of the Son is Jesus, Matthew 1, 21. These aren't in the, in the, on your paper. John 5, 43, I am come in my Father's name. Okay? I am come in my Father's name. What's the name of the Son? Jesus. Mark, Matthew 1, 21. And thou shalt bring forth a Son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Well, what's the name of the Holy Ghost? The Holy Spirit. That, I believe, is John 14, 26. And the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. That's in red letter. That's Jesus. You see, God is a spirit, John 4, 24. Isn't that what John 4, 24 says? God is a spirit. The spirit hovered over the waters in Genesis. That same spirit entered into a body through the virgin birth. And was named Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. In the Old Testament, they called him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. They called him Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our healer. They called him Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. They called him Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. In the New Testament, they said his name is Jesus, the Lord our Savior. And then, and then, from there, his spirit. Remember the spirit that hovered over the waters? It was the spirit that lived in the body of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm now with you, but I shall be in you. So Jesus dies. Yes. Rises from the dead. Ascends back into heaven. And what comes ten days later? 
the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, coming into the lives of the believers. That makes sense? That's how it all works. For by one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is through all and in you all. Paul was Southern, y'all. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. All right. So there you go. So Jesus is the saving name. Let's look at Acts 9, verse 20. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked, And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? So Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. How about that? What begins when we repent and believe? So we're on the last portion of the chart. What begins when we repent and believe? Number one, we, re we turn from Satan's rule to the lordship of Christ. We, we turn from Satan's rule. I don't know who you served before you came to the Lord, but I know who I served. I served the devil. I didn't do things right. I was nasty. I was undone. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. That's a pretty good scripture right there. I like that. All God's children, up at verse 14, are human beings made of flesh and blood. So the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the, the curse. The power of the devil, the power of death. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not that, whom, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart and from the form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. So when we became free from sin, we don't serve sin anymore. I don't do the things I used to do. You don't do the things you used to do. We're different now. Amen? Are we better? 
Come on, are you better? You better be better. You bet. If you're not better, let's set up a time in the office, and we'll get to paddle out. Yep, we get to paddle out. We get whooped. You gonna get a whooping? You got to straighten up. Of course, that's how they did it back when I was there. But you know, they don't do that anymore. But anyhow, we're better now because we're serving a new master. We're not serving our old master. Our old master had us in bondage and chains. I speak, verse 19, after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? So we're ashamed of what we did before. We're ashamed of how we talk. We're ashamed of how we act. We're ashamed of the things we did. You know, we don't have any fruit in those. That's not helping us now. For the end of those things, it's death. But now being made free from sin, everybody say free from sin. Yes. And become servants to God. Say servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness. Now that word holiness there means separation. Okay? To be holy, you will be separate. So we're living a separated life. So I need to look different. I need to act different. I need to dress different. Okay? Does that make sense? You need to be different than what the world looks like. You need to look different than them. Yes. Yes, Pastor. You're right, Pastor. But, verse 22, Now being made free from sin and become a service to God, you have your fruit into righteousness and to end the end everlasting life. And the end everlasting life. Everlasting life. You hang the tight here. You got a great reward coming. Remember I preached a few weeks ago or a month or so ago. The battle's already been won. The war's already been won. You just got to show up. Just stay faithful. Don't go back. Don't turn to the left. Don't go to the right. Don't, don't go back the same way you came and pick up all the junk that's dropped in the bushes on the way to the temple. Don't pick up that old lifestyle again. Don't pick up those old ways again. Don't pick up that old language again. Don't pick up that old way of thinking again. Leave it alone. You walked out a different gate, walk different. Talk different, live different. Oh, that's good teaching. Yes, I know. You're not going to tell me, I'll tell myself. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. We're almost done. Dairy Queen's waiting on you. Effingham or Greenville. Good luck. All right. I'm going to tell you, it's just about too cold for ice cream. It's been cold the last couple nights. Acts 3.19, what does it say? Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know, another thing, too, is this. Uh, Sometimes we portray that we're servants of one kingdom or another, 
And really, when we're by ourselves in the dark or when nobody else is looking or who, the people who don't matter in our lives aren't looking, we live like the other side. That's, that's just your problem. That's a personal problem. That's because the, the walk is not in you. You've got to get the walk in you. You've got to get the kingdom in you. Amen? You've got to get rid of the old stuff. The old stuff will bring death. The old stuff will bring stress. The old stuff will bring depression. The old stuff will bring destruction. You've got to get rid of the old and get the new in. I mean, I'm looking at Kevin over there, and Kevin's shaking his head. Kevin had to go through an eight-month process of getting the old out so the new could come in. And now the new is still there almost uh, ten years later, coming up in April. What are you saying? I'm saying that you can't serve two masters. We can't. We're either going to love God and hate the devil, or we're going to love the devil and hate God. Oh, pastor, I don't love the devil. If you're doing what the devil wants, you're serving him. Oh, this is hard teaching now. I just turned up the vice grip on you. If you're doing what the devil wants, you are serving him. But I love God. Just with your lips. Just with our lips. We say we love God. What's that scripture say in the Old Testament? We say we love God, but our hearts are far from that. I had a teacher, a professor, I guess you call him in Bible college. He said, just 12 inches away. 12 inches away. From here to here. You're just 12 inches away. Because it's coming out of your mouth that you are but in your heart, your life and actions are saying that you aren't. So, you got to be R-E-A-L. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you got to be R-E-A-L. You know what you just spelled? you got to be real. And guess what? People know whether you're real or not. So be real. I mean, okay, so I don't get on Facebook very much, hardly ever. I do on Marketplace. That's not good for me. All right? I just hit Mount Vernon yesterday and bought a storm door and and 10 windows. I mean, if I had a bigger truck, I'd have bought more. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay? There are some people on Facebook that if I read their stuff, I throw up in my mouth. Because everything is just so good. And everything is just so wonderful. And nothing is ever wrong. You probably never have read any of those. Have you? Are there people on there that you like to look at? I mean, like their stuff? I don't, don't answer. You know I'm telling you the truth. Because you got people just like, you're just human just like I am. And, and a group of us were sitting one evening visit, visiting. I won't tell you who it was. It could have been friends of mine. 
could have been family of mine. It could have been enemies of mine. And we're all talking. And this one individual's post just came up in the conversation. And somebody in the group to whom I never dreamed would say anything said, Oh, I blocked them a long time ago. I could not take all the goodness coming out of their post. You know why? Because it's not all real. We live in Realville. There are troubles in Realville. There are challenges in Realville. There are, t- there are bills to pay in Realville, and sometimes there's not enough money to pay the bills in Realville. There's kids. I'm going to tell you something. You keep enjoying the pleasures of each other, and you keep having all these kids, you're going to have lots of baths to give and lots of diapers to change. I just better go back to the lesson. And you better learn how to cook because you don't, want, don't just don't want to go through drive through all the time, feed your kids fast food, and then you got you know 16 inches of fries and chicken nuggets on the floor back there growing moss and mold. Because what happens when you have to pick up somebody along the road? What happens if the pastor calls you and says, I had a flat, can you come pick me up? What are you going to do? Well, pastor, I'll be there in about three hours because i got to get the chicken nuggets and the fries out of the seat and out of the carpet. It's been embedded in there, but I'm going to clean this van up before I come get you. Praise the Lord. You see what I'm saying? That's Realville. Realville is, is, is in the middle of the night when you're dead tired and that baby screams out and they got a fever. That's Realville. It's laundry. Laundry is a word for Realville. Anybody ever had lots of laundry? Oh, RJ, you got one person. We had six. What, whatever your stock is, multiply it by six. We, had, we did laundry. I think we did laundry some, some six days a week. I think Amy would start laundry on a Tuesday, and we would go through Saturday or Sunday on laundry. Sister Sylvia's had lots of kids. Two loads every day. You know? I mean, that's why I wear the same clothes all the time. And Amy says, why you wear that all the time? Because I'm saving you laundry, baby, because I love you. Now, I had to stand up in the corner, but, you know, I do love her. Yeah. We better go on. So people want you to be real. And you know what I've heard? I've heard this said. Everything you say on, or see on Facebook is not all true. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm telling you, some people have some fantastic lives. But it's easy to, on social media to put the good on. And forget about the bad. I didn't say that, did I? Is this being recorded, Johnny Ty? All right. Send it to the nations. Send it to Laos. Send it to Thailand. Okay, let's go on. Sins are forgiven. Last one. Sins are forgiven. Acts 3.19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. I already read that. Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What is repentance for? What is the gospel for? It is to take us from darkness and put us in light. 
So hopefully my, my light life that I'm living now is brighter than my dark darkness that I used to live. My dark life. Okay? Hopefully you see Jesus in me. I hope. If not, I need to work harder on that. I need to get my flesh out of the way and out of being in control. Ephesians 1.7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And let's all stand and stretch. 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Amen. There you go. So, that is the gospel and repentance and believing in a nutshell. That was the start. Because the chart says don't stop there, but we don't have another page. You don't have a three-sided page. Okay? What we're headed toward is what did, what did the early church teach? What did they believe? Amen. What we're trying to do here is the same thing they did in the New Testament church. We're trying to preach the gospel, the death, the burial, resurrection. Get out of darkness, get into light. Get away from Satan, get to God. Yeah? Tell your new old life goodbye and your new life hello. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let your word sink into good soil tonight. Help us, Lord, to leave the life of darkness, to leave the life of sin, to leave the life of serving the devil. And let us walk in newness of life. And let us walk in the power of the light of gospel. And let us walk, Lord, in victory. You can give each and every one of us victory here tonight in the name of Jesus. I pray every person has victory in their lives for the rest of this week. That they will overcome something. They will win over something. And, Lord, you will bring this prayer back to their memory. That, Lord, we pray to give them victory in Jesus' name over something. And we pray it all in your name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And everybody said, amen. Get out of here before it snows. All right? Not going to snow at the end of the week? Get out of here then. You got to the end of the week. See, I'm giving you a lot of grace, grace.